Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of The Flow Line. Matt, how's it going today? You just showed me something super cool, so you must be fired up after last night. Well, look, it's been tough for the Astros lately. And some of, I mean, a lot of it, they brought it on themselves, what have you. But they just swept the Red Sox. Michael Brantley is back. He's swinging the bat. And I was showing Ryan Presley final pitch of the game last night yeah. through a curveball that had like a 3,450 RPM spin, which is like insane. And it was just like the batter did not stand a chance. No. It was like just beautiful. Yeah. No, it was neat. I mean, if you're a baseball fan to watch that pitch, it's interesting because when you watch it, it's straight and then the batter's lined up for it. And then all of a sudden it just sinks down, almost hits the dirt. And the batter starts off with a regular batter stance. But by the time he's done swinging, he's like on his knees. Like that's yeah, how yeah. much it like drops. It's super cool, man. No, that's good. And so I heard the Astros, aren't they tied up now for the division? Yeah, they're tied for first with the Mariners. Oh, my goodness. I heard the Mariners are pretty baller this year. Dude, I mean, they're getting hot at the right time. And the thing was, like, yeah. I was really – last year when they made some moves they made and, like, we played them in the ALCS, I was like, this is an up-and-coming team. Like, there's so much talent here. They just – I was like, I was like, next year and the year after that, like, they're just on the upswing. And they started out really slow. And then they've just been crazy hot now. So they are a real threat. I mean, a really good team. Mm. And then the Rangers are just kind of imploding. So <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I'm nice. devastated. Yeah. It sounds like it. No, that's good. It's good that we're kind of, we've creeped our way into being on the top seed. And again, October is just around the corner. And that's a big deal for baseball season. October's coming and it's playoff time close to it. And I know most of our office is going to be wearing orange pretty heavily here over the next month. And it's good times. Absolutely. And then on top of that, football's back. I don't know if you're a football fan out there. I'm sure lots of you are. Nebraska plays tonight. It's the first game. I chanced one of our coworkers. He sent me a picture at about 630 this morning with his Nebraska flag uh, in his yard and him going downtown Denver with his jersey on. And so he's absolutely fired up. So anyway been hearing a lot about that lately. And something that I'm especially excited for, Matt, is we have an episode coming up, either be next week or the following, a very special guest. I'm not going to ruin the surprise, but there's someone coming on that I think every listener out there is going to appreciate and just find a lot of good information and appreciate the story. Again, not going to spoil it, but it's someone special that it's taken a while to get him on, but he's here in Houston this week, and we're getting them on the mic. So uh, stay tuned for that episode. You will be releasing it here shortly. But on this episode, it's not an interview, and it's probably not too much storytelling, but there is something important, a product that we use mainly in water-based muds, actually only in water-based muds, known as polysaccharides, a.k.a. starch, and cellulose polymers. And and again, we kind of go through these episodes where we'll talk kind of nitty-gritty chemistry. You know, we obviously did one on esters, but again, this one's important. It makes up a lot of, for water-based muds, it's a critical product. And one that if you're a mud engineer, you've probably ran before, and you probably just known it as a starch, or yellow starch, or white starch, or there's other forms of starch. But let's kind of double-click on starch and, and dive in. Yeah, so... 
this is one of those sort of oversight. I'll be very candid. There were a couple of things here that like for a long time I didn't know. And I was like, wait, you're supposed to be like the technical guy. Why don't you know the difference between these? It was sort of like I had to be embarrassed to go like, no, you need to know this. Sure. Well, okay, need is a operative word. But let's go ahead and say that like if you want to have a broad set of knowledge in the oil field, then that's kind of like my bag. I'm supposed to be able to help a lot of our people with technical challenges and I can't explain the difference between certain things other than, well, I know this one goes here and this one goes here. Like, okay, well, we should break this down. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And maybe the reason I didn't know this stuff very well or as well to some degree was because it's not very well written down. Like, it's all there. It's just if you go through old mud manuals or you even get on Google or whatever, there's like fairly crummy explanations. Sure. So this is another possibly crummy, but less worse <laughs> version of that. And so, well, no, and real quick, you bring up a good point. It's most of the product data sheets that you have a starch. It's like, it'll tell you a starch is a way to reduce fluid loss. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, what's the price of this one? And okay, well, I know we've used this one in the past and we'll just dump X pounds per barrel in there and let her rip. But again, like besides doing that. Like to me, as when I was a mud engineer, I didn't really dive into it at all. And so it's, again, a lot of these products that we, or materials that we talk about, we know what the end result is, but we don't really understand what's like the real workings of the products. So that's why I kind of like these episodes. And for me, it's super educational, but again, starch, lower fluid loss, but there's so much more to it. Yes. So a starch, so polysaccharides, we'll start there. So polysaccharides, can include, well, the ones we're going to talk about are starch or cellulose polymers. A polymer being, and these are naturally occurring materials with what are called repeating monomer units. So same thing repeated over and over again, polymer, many of those things. And most of the time, at least with starches, it's going to come from corn or potato. A cellulosic material is going to be like fibers. And so cellulose, polyanionic cellulose, without getting too far ahead of myself, (laughs) a lot of it's made from like cotton linters. But these glucose molecules with stuff happening over and over again, and there's sort of a degree of polymerization or, you know, how many repeating units are taking place from like a couple hundred, normally like a thousand or a million or up to millions. But in effect, all this stuff comes from nature, right? Plants. So what do they do for us? If they have a higher molecular weight, they can give us some viscosity. I think we sometimes see that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the main thing, like you said, is filtration control. So these things kind of unwind, these chains, they sort of wrap together or whatever, and they create that nice filter cake. Mm. And I think we all sort of get that. This stuff has to hydrate and disperse or whatever, and then it wraps around itself and helps create a mat that seals on that lovely piece of paper and hopefully also in your wellbore. Right. And, you know, the thing is, I'm going to kind of jump between starches to cellulose and back to starch, just because there's all these different things you modify to make them work for you. And that's probably where some of the cost differential comes in. Mm -hmm. So why would you modify them? You'd modify them to make them more tolerant of contaminants. So let's say salinity, pH, hardness, that kind of stuff. And the very first thing you might do to a starch, well, you definitely do it if you're going to use it in water-based mud is, you know how like, well, a lot of these materials actually, they're not water soluble. So think of like, you know, the covering of like a piece of corn or whatever. Yeah. What do you do? You cook it. And what happens when you cook it? It's called pre-gelatinization. You break down that outer waxy coating and now it is water soluble. Like that's the first thing you got to do no matter what is cook that stuff off the amylopectin and that makes it hydratable in water. Okay. So we're going to do that. Even our corn starch, potato starch, where we haven't done much, we're going to start there. And 
those are kind of your cheaper ones, just a straight up unmodified cornstarch, potato starch. They're going to be pre-gelatinized. Like the one you use. And we, like on we say this. Yeah. And then too, is like we cook with these ones, right? Yeah. Like the yeah, stuff cornstarch, yeah. <laughs> which I know sounds like duh, but like a lot of the stuff we use in the oil field, we actually consume, you know, in food. So anyway, yes, yeah, so if you're trying to connect the dots, it's the same stuff that you see in your pantry in those bags that if you accidentally spill it, it makes an absolute mess. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. the stuff. And right. so like potato starch has a higher molecular weight. It tolerates hardness and temperature a little bit better. Corn starch a little bit less. The main thing is both of those can ferment. You might be able to get them with a biocide, but if not, bugs will eat them in the same way. Like they'll break down like plant matter does. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you might see these on surface, you know, when you're drilling surface hole or whatever, where it's mostly fresh water. So you might be neutral spud mud kind of stuff and you just want to tighten up your fluid loss. That might be a good place for them. And then, then you start modifying them to polyelectrolytes where that goes back into better solubility, let's say, you know, with saturated salt or even a little bit of salinity, higher pH, some of those other conditions that we want for our water-based drilling fluids. And the reason I'm doing this, I'm going to start with actually cellulose. It's very similar. Like they're all polysaccharides. But the reason we're going to start there is because I can tell you about that stuff to tell you more about modified starches. But modified cellulose, we'll start with CMC or carboxymethylcellulose, which I'd assume you've used in your day. Yes, yes. The CMC, I'm pretty sure we used that in, I remember using a bunch of it in Oklahoma during intermediate. But anyway, yes, I have. And it works very well, actually. Yes. So the driver, this is something that I like, I had to learn a little bit in more detail as I was trying to understand starches back in the day. But so we take our cellulose and we do this carboxymethylation. That's the CM part where you're reacting monochloroacetic acid in the presence of caustic soda. You actually get sodium chloride as a byproduct. These things can actually already have a bunch of salt in them up to like 20% by weight is what I've read. But what happens is those glucose rings are linked to these carboxymethyl groups that you provided, and it creates a charge density that improves solubility. These things are measured as like a degree of substitution is what you'll hear. So carboxymethylcellulose has a degree of substitution of 0.8, 0.9, and those are the charge density per one of those individual monomers. You don't need to remember all of that. What I want you to think about more so is the difference between CMC and PAC, mm-hmm. or polyanionic cellulose. Right. Because guess what? Pack is just CMC with a higher degree of substitution. Gotcha. So works in more environments. Effectively, I don't know, more versatile, aka better performance, generally speaking. So yeah. CMC in probably a more benign environment is like a cheaper option. Right. Pack, I mean pack isn't that expensive either, but pack will work under more conditions. And it'll probably take a little less of it to achieve the same task. Right. And a lot of times you can use them in conjunction with each other. Absolutely. I've used them in ratios and again, depending on the environment. But yeah, it's not necessarily one or the other. Typically in a system, you will see one or the other. I mean, most of the time you see pack, which again, works in pretty much any environment with water-based mud. But yeah, given the right environment, sees a good option. Yes. And we've got the pack R and the LV and all that. All that, it goes back to that molecular weight we were talking about earlier. So effectively, there's nothing different, speaking with a very broad brush, but all it is is the pack r has a higher molecular weight as far as your feed material right. than the LV or the ULV. So you just go lower, lower molecular weight, less viscosity contribution. And if it, that makes sense, right? So a higher molecular weight means a longer polymer chain, right? Mm-hmm. So you have longer branches to wrap into each other and that kind of stuff. 
So they're going to interact and provide you more viscosity because they'll more places to stick to solids and build a network and all that kind of thing. Uh-huh. So that's what I want you to think about is pack is just fancier CMC, if you will. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. No, that's a good step into that one. What about CMS is also known as carboxymethyl starch. So now instead of doing that CMC thing where we do the carboxymethylation thing, what we do is we take starch and do the same thing effectively. And that's going to give us higher temperature stability, but it's not as tolerant to salt as some of the other modified starches. And it's going to have a little bit lower degree of substitution, some degree, but definitely higher temperature stability. I mean, I haven't worked with CMS a ton. And I think some of that is sort of the driver that it kind of has this niche where other things like hydroxypropylated starch provide more benefits. And I don't know what the cost differential is because I haven't messed with it enough. Sure. But basically when you hear CMS and CMC are two different things based upon whether it's a starch or cellulose that's used as a base and the carboxymethylation is the modification for your end product. Here's the thing. So hydroxypropylated starch or HP starch, different reaction. So propylene oxide is your, is your reaction. This stuff has much greater water solubility, a.k.a. you can use this stuff in all kinds of salts, all kinds of brines. It puts up with a lot of stuff. Right. But it also gives you a little bit of like low shear rate viscosity. So this one kind of teams up with xanthan really, really well, where you actually don't need as much xanthan when you're using this. And it gives you really good suspension. When I did a lot of reservoir drilling fluids, this was our go-to. We used HP starch all the time. And it was a little bit more expensive, but it was really easy. It worked in almost everything. Didn't require a ton of it to provide good solubility. It was easy to get rid of. It would break down readily with an enzyme or you know, very acid-soluble. It's kind of a fancier starch, for lack of a better description. But there is one thing I was reading in the literature that I totally disagree with. Okay. And what they're saying is that it doesn't need a biocide. Let me tell you, <laughs> I've been plenty of places where we have encountered the worst was on land jobs where you mixed a brand new fresh fluid using a fair amount of this starch and the vac truck comes and, Hey, did you steam clean it out? And Oh yeah, totally. And they definitely did not. And there's residual bacteria from whatever they were transporting before that. And you'll have a bug attack within 12 hours. I mean, it smells terrible. It does everything. The mud all falls apart. Like... Whoever said that, I don't believe you, <laughs> and I strongly disagree. A lot, some of these, you will get them pre-treated with a biocide, and that's fine, but a biocide only goes so far because sometimes a biocide will limit degradation in the bag or what have you. When you mix it into solution, when you make a mud out of it, one thing is biocides like interact with bugs when they kill them, and a lot of them go away. Right. That's why we have to keep adding it. I would just say with a lot of these claims, even if it's pre-treated with a biocide, that might help shelf life. That might help you a little bit on the initial mix. But it depends on how clean your water was to begin with. And so just add the biocide on all of these. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, what's the downside? Exactly. If you don't need it, like, it doesn't matter. I think that's one of those. very cheap insurance. In exactly. Opinion. So you will read on some of these product bulletins that they say, hey, you know, this starch is pre-treated with a biocide. And it's like, that's great. That does not Do mean... yourself a favor and give it a little dash. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look, structurally, some of these are going to be less susceptible to bugs. That is true. Like I just focused on filtration control, but xanthan gum is a biopolymer. And the fact is, it is really hard to break down. It's pretty tolerant. Normally, when you have a water-based mud and it breaks down, it's the starch that the bugs got. However, I will still add biocide, even if it's xanthan and some synthetic polymer that I shouldn't be worried about at all. Yeah. Because biocide is cheap. 
and no one got yelled at for adding it, I don't think. But <laughs> anyways, my goal with kind of trying to break this down was really to tell you the difference between CMC, PAC, CMS, and HP Starch. And hopefully there were a few distinctions drawn there, but there are differences. There's cost to making some of these changes, but like the usual suspects are how they perform under different conditions. And maybe you can go with a cheaper one if you've got more benign conditions. Mm -hmm. And then some of the fancier ones will work most of the time under a lot more conditions. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, we got a tool for it all. And fortunately, we've got you to, to break it down for us. And so, yeah, I learned definitely, again, just most of the time it's surface level stuff at the rig, unless you're someone who likes to dive into the chemistry. But uh, hopefully this was informative for folks out there. And if you have any more questions or would like us to dive any deeper, let us know. You can reach us on LinkedIn or if you'd like to email us at the Flowline Podcast at AESFluids.com. Also, make sure you connect with us on LinkedIn, uh, the AES Fluids profile. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here. Sorry, it's a little early. Anyway, look up AES has fluids on LinkedIn. The reason I say that is because there's a lot of good information that our technical department and our marketing department put out there and just events too. We've been putting on some great events. The Simple Promise is going to be coming up. That's a golf tournament that we put on. It's a charity event and it's very near and dear to James Strickland. And he was the one who kind of spearheaded it to begin with. You can look at, if you search us, on LinkedIn, you can find in some of the posts that we've posted about it. Again, I encourage you to, if you're connected to the company or if you've been a, a fan of the Flow Line, that's an event for us. It's very special. And you can learn more about that if you search for it on, again, LinkedIn or just Google it. It's called A Simple Promise. Again, we hold that here in Houston. And appreciate all the listeners. Until next time, folks, take care, be safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.